Hey there, Fluent Show listeners. I want to tell you about something incredible I'm organizing before we kick off the show today. Are you learning the German language and you feel stuck on the intermediate plateau? Maybe you're feeling ready to speak, but you just don't get the chance because your life seems to be in English all the time. Do you wish you could just take one incredible trip, speak German every day, meet lots of natives and dive, dive deep into the culture and completely raise your game with speaking levels? That's a German retreat. You've probably heard me talk a little bit about German retreats on this show. They have completely changed how I think about immersion learning and how I teach German because this is how it's done. The German retreat is German learning by immersion, daily tours, trips to the coolest places to see in a city, coaching, a luxurious home base, great food and a week to just completely focus on your progress so that you Make that progress that you need to make. Our next event and the last one in 2019 is taking place this December, Christmas markets, in Berlin, the capital of Germany, which just so happens to be mirroring the anniversary of 30 years of the fall of the German wall. So you're going to be walking in history. It's amazing. I've got a very, very limited amount of spots available, the last ones. So if this sounds like your idea of language heaven, hop on to fluent.show slash retreat, find out more. So that's fluent.show slash retreat. Make a note of it right now before the show starts and then join me for Christmas in the city retreat in December 2019. On to the Fluent Show! Cześć, mam na imię Gabriela, jestem z Polski, mówię po polsku i słucham The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, Fluent fam. Hello, listeners. And welcome to another episode of The Fluent Show. My name is Kirsten from fluentlanguage.co.uk. And here on the show, I am about to answer a very interesting question from a listener about language learning. And this one is for the advanced learners among you, or those of you who are finding that you are just diving, jumping, hopping, leapfrogging through the levels in the courses, but you're wondering, am I leaving something behind? So today we'll talk about how to take that final step into perfect fluency when you start feeling like a native ever, never, ah, stay tuned to, to find out, stay tuned for answers. Before we crack on, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. It's the last episode in the run for our wonderful sponsor, italki. I'm actually attempting the italki challenge this month, which means taking at least 12 hours, oh my God, of um, different lessons with online tutors. And in order for me to try and not feel like I'm completely overwhelming myself, I broke down the 12. So I'm going for four hours of Welsh, my intermediate language that I would really like to become more comfortable speaking in. So it's a perfect opportunity to just do a lot of conversation practice. I'm doing four hours of Chinese, the language I am somewhat focusing on or pretty much focusing on at the moment and then four hours of 
wildcard languages. I've always wanted to have a lot of fun. I have got Suo from Taiwan and I'm taking my first class with her today. I've got Jack from London and then Tony from Thailand who is teaching me BSL, British Sign Language. thought I'll give it a go. So if you're wondering where I found all these wonderful people, I found them on italki, the biggest, one of the biggest directories of online teachers for languages. And there is such a huge range of languages. So you'll be able to find your perfect language tutor at italki. Plus, I just found something that I have to tell you about. It's the language partner section on italki, where you can practice with people who are also learning your language. So instead of booking a lesson, which is usually a, a paid service, and that's very important because that way you get the other person, you're paying the other person to focus on your progress. But if you just want to practice, play around, perhaps teach somebody something of your language, you can go to the language partner section in italki and you can find people who want to practice with you. So I contacted a few Welsh speakers who are learning French, who are learning German and just said, hey, I'll teach you some German if you practice Welsh with me. Say what? I honestly don't know how I've ever missed this on italki. Now, you already know the score. You book great online tutors. You can speak from anywhere, talk to people who are all over the world. How anybody learns a language by themselves without an online tutor now and then, I've got no idea. I can so recommend this. Head over to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. You can find your next online tutor there. And of course, it's never too late to join the italki challenge. That is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. Secondly, don't forget our awesome new Patreon page. This is not a sponsor because it makes you the sponsor. The Fluent Show's first goal is to get 20 patrons so that I can get cracking on exciting bonus content, such as perhaps a little interview series with more language learners that is going to be exclusive to our Patreon community. As a patron, you're also going to get access to a special feed full of fun snippets from behind the scenes, bonus audio and my full show notes for all episodes, including this one. You can't get them anywhere else. This is a great new way for me to get all of you Fluent Fam members involved in creating our podcast. Any amount is welcome and please take a second to check it out at fluent.show slash Patreon. Thank you to italki for your support of the show and thank you so much to you Fluent Fam for your support too. Yeah! On to this week's question. This week's tips are for Maria from Russia. Give her some love on Instagram. She is at Maximum Letters, little lovely Instagram account. And she is living in Germany and speaks wonderful German. She actually recorded a Fluent Show intro before. So, have a listen. Hallo, my name is Maria. I come from Russland. Jetzt wohne ich in Deutschland und seit zwei Jahren lerne ich die deutsche Sprache. Und ich spreche es jetzt auch momentan. Ich höre sehr gerne The Fluent Show Podcast. That's Maria. So even though her German sounds wonderful, she felt that there were some issues to be ironed out and she wrote to me. Here is Maria's dilemma. She says, I'm familiar with the structure of languages and how to learn them. I'm fluent in English, or at least my Cambridge certificate says so. I've been studying to a certain level in Spanish and Turkish, but I cannot achieve the desirable level in German language. 
I've moved to Germany a few, a bit over two years ago after marrying my German husband and I quickly jumped from the A2 course to B1 to C1, got my test DAF certificate with maximum points and I even have some professional situations where I speak German, but I'm not fluent. My husband and I speak English to each other and that's a bad habit of ours we can't seem to break. Speaking German just doesn't feel as sincere. English sort of became the first language of our family. I know it might sound funny. Maria, first of all, is it ever too late to say congratulations on your marriage? Not sure. Congratulations on your marriage. So there are, of course, many different layers at work in your email. And I want to start teasing them out one by one. Let's first focus on speaking English when it's the main language within a couple. I know what you mean. I so know your situation and I share it and similar feelings and frustrations in a way. It's not easy once a language of business takes hold to switch as a couple, but I do think it's possible. My husband and I recently tried it for a full week. We have been speaking English together for 16 years and we were suddenly speaking German as well as, as, well as possible. And I agree with you. There's an awkward, distant feeling at first. The language you speak in a, as a couple... It's your own personal language and it bonds you together. So when you switch language, it can feel really distant at first. But after three to four days, I noticed that it started to feel different. It became a shared project and a different kind of bond. I do think it's very helpful to talk to each other about what you imagine when you do this long term. So for me and my husband, it was, well, we're about to go to Germany to, to speak to my family. So his motivation spiked <laughs> suddenly to learn more German. Usually the motivation is fairly low because he just doesn't, doesn't really need it. So the idea is really, what, how do you imagine your, your future life together long term? Can you imagine speaking German to your husband What would that feel like? Can he imagine speaking German to you? What would that shared language mean to you? Can you perhaps create your own language mix, something special to you as a couple? It's also helpful to be really clear about each other's roles when you do choose to practice with a partner. So if your husband is up for it, you have to be clear about situations where English might just work better. For example, with my own recent experiment, I, I was the one who abandoned the German because I just had a day, I had a moment where I was so upset and I was speaking about my feelings to him And needed needed a lift and I needed to be sure that he understood me. I needed to express myself fully, which German would have stood in the way of. So you have to you have to accept that sometimes other things take priority, but you have to also be clear about a way finding a way back to the language of practice. So it might be worth specifying certain situations where you will operate in German. And tolerate occasions, of course, when your partner doesn't have the knowledge or the mood to be your teacher. Those are okay. I have some guest posts on the blog and I have posts that I have written as well about my situation. So there's lots of extra blog posts that you're going to find in the show notes uh, with tips such as speaking to the family pet and setting really clear rules and a wedding photo from me. <laughs> so those are all in the show notes but I want to leave you with one quote from Nick Vance who wrote one of the guest posts he learned German from his girlfriend after they moved to Berlin 
And something Nick wrote that I think is so true and so, so valuable is this. Their inability to teach you about subordinate clauses shouldn't be seen as a lack of love for you, but only their inability to teach subordinate clauses. <laughs> so when you've got that in mind and you know that your partner obviously has limitations, but there are opportunities to slowly play around and switch to English, perhaps that road isn't closed to you yet. Now let's move on to leveling up from A1 to B1, A2 to B1 to C1 in courses and tests and feeling like you're stalling in real life. Maria, you're clearly a very excellent course-based formal learner. Congratulations. And you obviously work very, very hard. So I'm in awe. You're, you're an awesome German learner. I would not be surprised to find that you probably excel at grammar exercises and you're very organized and analytical as well. And those level descriptors, C2, B1, A2, they are surely accurate for the technical ability. But you yourself are starting to notice that there's something else missing. You're hitting technical fluency, but you're not hitting cultural fluency. So this is where part of you, part two of your question comes in. And I want to quote to, to the listeners the second part of your email, because I love this. So Maria writes, I feel like my linguistic background that helped me so much in learning the basics of the language that fast is also my disadvantage in a sense that I've missed lots of vocab or didn't train the words as long as those who took longer courses and didn't jump through the levels. I have no troubles talking to strangers or in a shop or a pharmacy, but it doesn't roll off my tongue, so to say. And the worst of it all, I feel particularly uncomfortable talking to young people. It's so much easier for me talking to officials who speak perfect Hochdeutsch and use formal sentences than the jargon of the youth or even a slight dialect of the area. Um, and then you wrote NRW, Nordrhein-Westfalen, so that's an area. And then OWL, I don't know what OWL is, didn't Google it, so please write back, tell me. Maria asks, do you have any tips on how to make that last step into fluency? I am reading in German, though not as willingly as in English. Maybe any resources, shows, books that you could recommend? I'm a bit frustrated at this point and I really want to get to the next level. I love, listeners, I, I love how Maria says, not as willingly as in English. I know exactly what you mean, Maria. This is how I read, say, Welsh or French. I can read it, but not as willingly. <laughs> it's just like, it's harder. Oh. <laughs> and I'm sure listeners, you know the feeling. In fact, I want to address this, this super speed that, that you have brought to German learning, which is just amazing. Lots of super fast learners, however, experience this feeling that they've missed something out. And that's not surprising. Depth in any given language comes over time, you acclimatize to it. And then in a formal language course, time isn't really the main aim. A formal language course is very much aimed at formal efficiency. Efficiency is fantastic when you want to level up in a language very quickly. It's not necessarily a mode of life that we can live 24-7. Maybe if you're in the army, you could, if you only communicated in orders and formalities and abbreviations. I don't know if you know the British TV show Line of Duty. 
maybe if you just want to talk like you would on line of duty, maybe. But let's focus. <laughs> Efficiency is what you've had an abundance of in your learning. And another aspect of that efficiency and formality is what you have noticed. You learn formal language. So you do feel more comfortable using formal Hochdeutsch and using those kind of correct constructions that you learned in class. It's absolutely normal. It's fine. This is why I never, though, run my classes in a formal way. Never. I, I don't want to lecture people on grammar. I want my students to be confident, happy users of the language. So this is why you also may have noticed that my German retreat is, is all about using German. That's how I organize my classes now. It's much more about living it. You can still learn correct language, but if you actually learn by living it, that's a, it's more results around the around the language that is spoken in real life and the language that you need to be able to speak in order to have a good life. Whereas what a lot of language courses traditionally focus on is the type of language that you need to function. I believe both of those are possible. So here's an idea for the mindset, something that you can do. Try becoming, in, in inverted commas, inefficient. This can be considered from a more pedagogical perspective, perhaps, as getting more extensive practice than, rather than more intensive practice. I've put a few articles in the show notes about extensive and intensive and the ideas of that in language learning. The idea here really is to focus on thinking about thinking about taking in a lot of the language that you actually want to use and starting to dabble in the language that you want to use. Now that you've got all of your basics, you've got this massively wonderful, correct German foundation. This is a great time to play, right? Let me give you a quick summary of extensive and intensive to, to, to explain this. In, in, in extensive practice, you take in a lot of your target language, usually by reading or listening. You don't work on it in great detail. So you read and listen. You want to get the gist. You speak and you just want to be understood. We could, we could approach it from that point of view. This type of practice could explain why some of your peers know much more vocabulary, even though they test at the same level. Like you say, they took the slower courses, so they had more exposure time. This teaches you a lot of unconscious skills as well, starts to get you familiar with dialects, local feel, local customs. And the mindset here is 100% learner. You do what serves you best and follow what you're interested in. The contrast to that is usually considered intensive practice. In intensive practice, intensive reading, intensive listening, you focus on a resource, you spend a lot of time with that one resource. Make sure you've understood it all. So this is usually a short snippet of text. You analyze it, similar to what you might have done in school with Russian poetry back in Russia. A lot of traditional teaching is built around this quite heavily and they assign extensive reading as, as homework, but you might not you might not do it <laughs> if you're like me when I was in school, you know, in French lessons, I did all the exercises. I didn't do the extra reading <laughs> willingly. <laughs> your, your test staff, though, would have trained both, of course. So you're already familiar with both of those works, ways of taking in different language. You may, in intensive study, you may have some pre-activity vocab or 
preparation tasks and post-activity discussion and analysis, much, much more. It's really great for fine-tuning grammar points and learning so much more about perhaps the story of a piece of writing and really what's kind of in there. But we, you know, if, we're, if we want to relax and we want to become inefficient, let's talk about extensive. My reference to being inefficient is a bit tongue-in-cheek because extensive activity, extensive reading and listening is actually massively productive, as we so often hear referred to by Stephen Krashen, the linguist who did a lot of research into comprehensible input. So <laughs> in my notes, it just says Krashen klaxon. Because when you talk about language learning, you can't, you can't do that without the klaxon. So let's, let's sound the klaxon. Krashen klaxon, Krashen klaxon, Krashen klaxon. I put an article by Tim Bell into the show notes, which summarizes the benefits. And the benefits of extensive input help you are that it helps you learn more, more vocab. That's something that you mentioned. It helps you build confidence, consolidate everything that you've already learned and lots more. And from a podcast episode that I did with C-level learners Tristan and Gareth, I've got another quote <laughs> that I think really applies to your situation because you've, you've jumped so high through the levels, you'd think you'd be comfortable. But here is something that Tristan says, learning a language is a bit like hugging a cactus. You can never get entirely comfortable. I've always really loved him saying that. I actually emailed you again as your original question came in in November 2018. So hopefully things have gotten easier by now. I do have some resources that I would recommend for you. So you asked me about TV shows and books and things like that. But the overall trick here, and especially because you talked about talking to young people, and you kind of you want to talk to the people who are a bit like you. If you want to build a social group, usually you're looking for people that you would perhaps you would be like that you think I would like these people. I would get on with those people. And that's why it's important to speak their language, the language of those people. So tip number one is really to think about who's your German avatar, perhaps even a, a person, a celebrity, a podcaster, a um, a video maker or an, an artist or somebody who you you know who you only know from a distance perhaps even somebody in your German class or just somebody in your circle of friends just think about who would I want to be like my best friend in German or if I was if my German was just rocking it and I'm just rocking it in German who would I be like whose language and whose words and whose thoughts interest me and then think about what do they like so bear in mind with that, anything I recommend to you is what I like. <laughs> First of all, I do have a website that is fluentlanguage.co.uk slash 4-german-learners. Long line, again, it's in the show notes. And I've just updated it with an article of super cool TV shows. But there are various recommendations for some study materials and some just really cool media in German. It's my page for German learners, but it's all in one place. I would recommend reading magazines, especially the ones that are aimed at the kind of person that your your avatar is like. So if you're thinking, oh, do you want to talk to young people, young women, maybe who are interested in, I don't know, if you, maybe who are interested, say, who read fashion magazines, buy a fashion magazine, see what kind of language is in there. And you can come at this from a linguist's point of view and think, oh, I'm not, I don't have to be perfect at this. I'm curious. I want to find out. If you're into art, 
get yourself some some of those more arty magazines if you're into don't know if you're into gardening or something like that there's a magazine for that especially germany has has such a wealth of amazing magazines and so many interesting topics and then you can expand that and go towards reality tv i really like reality tv for language practice because you always know what's going on you kind of get the the general shape of what's happening and the language isn't scripted but you still kind of know what people are talking about um, and vloggers, of course, on YouTube. And of course, the Easy German channel. Got to give a shout out to Easy German. They do amazing work bringing authentic Easy German to YouTube. For books, I usually like the publishers Taschen and DTB. And if you want to feel super German in NRW, try out a regional Krimi. Those are abundant in any German bookshop and they might give you a flavor of the local culture. And I wanted to mention also the German retreat. Come along. <laughs> But if you can't come along, you can still start to organize or start to approach your stay in Germany, your time in Germany as your own private German retreat. And this goes out to all of all of you expats out there in who are listening to the show or if you're in the country, think about Think about how can I have my own little retreat, say perhaps you're a French learner who lives in France or I know we've got people who live in Japan, uh, live in, I know one of one or two listeners live in Israel. You might not be at the Hebrew level you want to be, let's say. Why not make your own Hebrew retreat? So you can make your own language retreat. Honestly, this works wonders. It's not as great as if you're coming with me, of course, but it works absolute wonders, even if you're already at the sea levels and you want normal language. And it's just so much fun. What to do? Simply treat your city like a tourist and take along some German speaking friends and a notebook. And instead of just focusing on the activity, focus also in the on the language and do not switch in your native language to the most extent possible. So something you should try and if you want to do your own German retreat or other retreat is go where the people are, especially in an environment where you can hear people and you kind of know what's going on. So I'm thinking any kind of class that you can book, Maria for you, Volkshochschule might be really interesting, adult classes, yoga, Not maybe Zumba, because we don't speak during Zumba so much, but anything anything that you enjoy, art classes, there might even be, I mean, it's Germany, there might even be a bullet journal class, or even just hanging out in a cafe and listening to how people talk, listening to people, you know, just kind of take it in. And again, it's that inefficient learning. <laughs> I really like the idea of coming along to a different class, just focusing on something else, cookery. It's all open to you. Then take day trips, have an outing and visit local castles. Now, you're very close. If you live in Nordrhein-Westfalen, you live very close to Rheinland-Pfalz, which is where I'm from. And it's a beautiful, beautiful area. So that do not miss out on that. Go to gigs and stay with strangers. You know, <laughs> there's this couch surfing where people, where it is safe to stay with a stranger or you might want to just Airbnb in somebody's house you don't need you don't have like a full-on homestay that way but again those are people who don't know you as an english speaker or a you know a speaker of any other language 
Russian speaker, etc. Those are people that you can speak German to and just establish German as the standard just for one day. It's very, very helpful. This is similar to what we do in a German retreat where the rule is our language is German for this week. And that just that switch makes a huge difference. And uh, You can journal, and this is so helpful, talk to yourself in German. Claim that ownership. If you're a regular listener to the show recently, you might have heard me talking to Maria Ortega-Garcia. And we talked about playing with the language, no matter what level you're at. And Maria, that's that's for you as well. You may you may not feel like German is really yours yet. You've not made it yours. This is a really important layer of this cultural fluency. Make German yours. Even if it's not formally correct, even if you technically make mistakes, this doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It is your own language and you get to have a, a stake. You get to have playing around in German. My English isn't perfect English, but when I first moved to England, I tell you, I blundered around, powered by sheer confidence and excitement. Everything was brilliant. I was having a great time. Preston's the best city in the world. I can highly recommend that attitude. <laughs> and there's nobody out there. I promise you, no one out there is going gonna, is gonna to stop you. So we talked about making your own avatar. We talked about creating your own little retreat. We talked about being inefficient, you know. One final thing I wanted to speak to is the feeling of being a bit of an outsider when you live in another country. It's probably a bigger topic and for a full full podcast episode. But being an expat as well, I wanted to to reach out to you and say my feeling is to me as a Brit as a German person in the UK is that the other country is a gift is a gift that you get to unwrap and enjoy and cherish and you are 100% invited. No matter what people say, when you move to a country, you you can feel like it invited you in and, and that is the best attitude to have to really dive in and enjoy that country because it has so much to offer. There is way more to learn than just the language. People in other countries are different people. You know, Germans communicate differently to Russians and very differently to the English. And a lot of the feeling that your language isn't at the right level, you know, that formality, might also relate to a feeling of hesitation around getting involved. So there's, there's an interplay there and the dialects in Germany are a major challenge. I recommend if you want to go, go deeper on the dialects, actually watch the Drittes Programm. So the, the third channel, that's the regional channel in Germany. And there are lots of them. Because you want to get your head around something like, say, German Carnival or the elections of the German Wine Queen. That recently happened when, in, in my channel, my, my regional channel. Now, a northern German person wouldn't have an election of a local Wine Queen. But for us, it's important. And they are the Wine Queens from different regions of Germany. And each of them has a slightly different flavor to her German. So the regional programs are very, very handy for an expat like you who's living in Germany who wants to get a kind of more of a feel of why are people the way that they are. So all in all, if you are not failing, you're not failing if you're experiencing this, this hesitation, this feeling that you, your fluency just isn't at the desired level, it may have something to do with cultural fluency. You're experiencing something very normal and time is a big part of the answer. Why not enjoy the time? Why not just take all take advantage of everything that you think 
getting more fluent will give you. And just take that now. <laughs> take that now and see if anybody complains. Cheers. And then good luck to you. <laughs> Maria, I hope this helped you. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was really enjoyed thinking about it and making notes for this one. Thank you so much for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can support this show on Patreon, become part of our podcast support community. You can always email me with a question or send an intro of yourself saying the following things in your target language. Your name, where you're from, which language you're speaking, and then the words, you're listening to The Fluent Show. Everybody's done it. Who's Everybody who's somebody has done it. <laughs> so send all of that, your questions, your intros, anything else, comments, feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find me on Twitter at The Fluent Show and on Facebook at Fluent Language and on Twitter at Fluent Language, everywhere Fluent Language. Please note, there won't be a show on the 14th and the 21st of October. So if you're a little bit behind and it's already perhaps the 16th today, we're on a pod break and I am preparing bonus content for Patreon and I'm also just traveling again. We're going to be back on the 28th of October with a killer episode with Lindsay all about finding your perfect tutor. And until then, enjoy the archive at fluent.show. That's it from me. Will Vow.